On this episode of Post Game Shake, we welcome on Amherst baseball and hockey star Dave Cunningham and finish up with some Super Bowl and Pro Bowl talk. We're back. Episode 13 of Post Game Shake is live. We're here for you. We got a great interview with a friend of the program, Dave Cunningham, an Amherst alum. Um, but before we get to that, Muzz, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Tim. Uh, and for our listeners, you guys should all be very excited. We just got in our post game shake hats. They are actually incredible, man. Like, came out way nicer than I thought. Um, they're like a nice light gray on the front, white on the back. They're the classics, which is pretty much every hat I've been wearing recently. It's uh, just like a perfect fit. Uh, it's kind of a plug, but at the same time, just in general, it's something to be so excited about for us. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of surreal. I mean, you can make a hat of anything, a logo of a company that you're starting. But this isn't like a company. It's just like something we're having fun with. But it's surreal to see hats with like that logo on it. It's just like so cool. Yeah, I was showing my parents tonight. My uh, my parents, they loved it. It was like, they're like, first of all, the, the logo is so sick. So shout out to your sister because um, I don't know if we've given her credit on air, but that logo is awesome. Uh, and then everybody says the same thing. It looks exactly like us, and I know it's based off a picture, but for a cartoon image, you can tell it's both of us. It looks legit, and uh, now we're starting to put it on stuff. I mean, next thing you know, I'll be putting it on like a winter jacket or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, right? Golf shirts, yeah, any anything, anything possible. I mean, we'll we'll put it on we'll put it on whatever you want us to put it on. But yeah, shout out to my yeah. sister. Um, I guess we, I got a compliment on today. We were uh, in the locker room before a men's league game. And someone's like, dude, that, that logo, like it's, it's like, looks just like you. And it's so sick. I'm like, yeah, my sister, I did a great job doing it. And I mean, I'm assuming it wasn't even that hard for her, but like for us being like not artistic people, like it just is so cool. And she showed it to me, I was like, that's perfect. It looks just like us. And it's like a cartoon image. So anyway, just kind of reinforce, could, reinforce what you just said. Could you imagine if what that logo would look like if we had made it ourselves? <laughs> It would just say – it would be in Times New Roman font. It would say post-game shake podcast with Tim Searles and Jamie Murray. It'd be like black <laughs> It'd be like black and gray. It would look like a 12-year-old did it. And that yeah, is it, like a compliment to that 12-year-old because we're a joke. And we'd probably still be putting it on hats. So thank God she did that yeah, for us. Seriously. Thank Saved God she us had, some embarrassment. Seriously. Thank God she has some graphic design skills. And it's like willing to yeah. do it for us for free. We haven't paid her. A dime. <laughs> I know. Just, just a, lot of, a lot of love going our way now. So she's getting all, all the shout-outs. But – um, so funny story. I was, um, I got a, a, a new suit for Christmas and if there's anything that's like personal preference, it's your clothing. Like everyone wears different clothes. You wear it differently, different colors, different lengths. I mean, a suit can be so different from like, if you would get the exact same suit as like me, we could wear differently. We could like person like, I'm just trying to like clothes is like what it's all about. Right. So I'm like going to yeah. get this like last fitting to get it like, you know, fit to my body. And like mm, the tailor, fit that I'm, like, to your t- body. I'm like saying like, yeah, I want the sleeves a little higher. And he's like, looking at me like the, 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 uh, the tailor, he's like, looking at me, he's like, are, are you sure you want that? And I'm like, well, like, let me know. What do you think? And he looked like he was like white in the face. He's like, are you sh- really sure you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, maybe I like him a little shorter than the, like the normal person, but like, I'm like showing it to him. Like, it's like hanging over my hand. I'm like, this looks ridiculous. Looks like the suit doesn't fit me. And like, it should fit me pretty damn well. And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, give me all the shit. And I'm like, dude, just like I paid for this thing. Like, make it how I want it. Like, I hate all the tailors just like putting in their own personal preference. This guy's like seven years old. He goes, well, this- I gotta, I gotta get out of this business. People wear their, their their pants too short, their suits too. And I'm like, dude, just just do what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you anything crazy. Well, first of all, so he probably considers himself 
somewhat of an expert in the field, right? Yeah, definitely. But also, he's an older guy. So, suits have changed a lot in that time. Like, could you imagine, you know, even 10 years ago, we'll say 20 years ago, like when my dad was going to work and stuff, wearing suits. Those things were like, you get them straight off the shelf. They're too long. They're too wide. They don't fit. So, maybe for him, he's just a little behind and he's not into, like, the form fitting. Because I know, I mean, me and you are in the same way. You know, shout out to State and Liberty. Like, that stuff's awesome tapers at the waist a little bit good for the shoulders right on the wrists like it's perfect there's nothing better than a suit that fits really great you're feeling yourself so maybe no, this guy not, just doesn't yeah. get it he just doesn't get it and to, to be fair he was like man i gotta get out of this business like a guy who works here like does differently and he like he didn't fight me on it but i was kind of like the worst thing is like when you know what you want and then like a guy is like kind of like talking you out of it and then at the same time you're kind of like no like be firm like i pay for this it's free tailoring. Just like do what I'm asking you. Cause this right now, this looks ridiculous. Like I wore it to our company Christmas party and like, I got a picture and like, I can't like my, it's like hanging over my hand. Like that looks so <laughs> dumb. Like it looks like I literally buy it off of the rack and like, doesn't fit me. Like it's gonna, if you, you want know, that size. shit to be short sleeve, that guy better cut the sleeves off for you. Yeah, exactly. Like if I want to, to fit me a certain way, do just like put the chalk line on there and do it. Like it's not that hard. Anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> No, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. How does yeah, it look? Anyway. Do, you, do you have it yet, or is it still? No, tailored? no, it's still, it's still, it's still the tailor. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna pick it up, pick it up Friday, and then I'll take a picture of it and send it to you if you, if you really, if you really curious. Mm-hmm. So. And if it looks good enough, maybe we'll post it on the Instagram page. Oh, hey, oh. So, all right. Anyway, we kind of wanted to um, just like last episode, kick it right to the interview. So I mentioned before we brought on a a friend of both of ours, a uh, kid we actually played against in college. He went to Amherst, played goalie um he also played baseball two port two sport athlete he kind of talked about that and and kind of how he how he got to college and and he has some incredible stories one of the like funniest guys i've ever met yeah just naturally has it we were saying like sometimes you just got it dave's got it he's a very funny kid and we enjoyed it probably 50 minutes with him so yeah we know you guys will like it He's got the funny gene, which is something not a lot of people can say. So 50 minutes sounds long, but I'm telling you it's worth it. He tells some pretty pretty funny stories at the end. So um, without further ado, let's kick it to our interview with Dave Cunningham. We welcome to the podcast Amherst College alum in hockey and in baseball. He has the most messed up hips you've ever seen, but also has two of the cutest Huskies you've ever seen. He's currently molding the youth minds of America as a 7th and 10th grade English teacher, hailing from Arlington, Mass., Dave Cunningham. How the heck are you? What's up, boys? How are we doing tonight? <laughs> doing great, Dave. Absolutely great. So uh, thanks for joining us. I know you were kind of rushing, rushing back a little bit from, um, from practice, right? Yeah, we had a skate tonight. Got a, got a big tilt tomorrow. Looking to turn things around. We've got a four-game winning streak going right now. So hopefully There you go. There you go. Tomorrow. And you're, you're um, in addition to teaching um, at Wilson, you're also uh, assistant coach of the hockey team, right? Yep, hockey and baseball. Um, I did strength training for last fall, but I don't know a thing about it, so it's pretty good that I'm probably off of that now. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do, they, what do they have you do for strength training? Like, were you looking up workouts or what? I was just a mobile clipboard, pretty much. I mean, we, we had, a, we had a, a full-time strength guy, and I would pretty much just blow a whistle and hold a clipboard. So I wasn't much help, to be honest with you. <laughs> that sounds like kind of a good gig though honestly just like yell at the kids and blow whistles all day i mean i'm not gonna lie it was pretty fun but um, <laughs> but you know hockey and baseball are definitely more my speed yeah yeah absolutely. how do you coach so you, how do you teach seventh and tenth grade english 
Is that the same school? Yeah, so we got we have a middle school and an upper school. So it's two separate buildings. So you know, I'm getting my workouts in, walking across. Yeah, but um, get your Fitbit to count your steps and see how you're doing on your exercise for the day. <laughs> well, if I got to be perfectly honest with you, I drive my truck a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Driving like through through the quads, so you don't have to walk and yell at kids, beep your horn them, <laughs> just in case I need an emergency dunks if they're driving me up a wall, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. That's so fun. And you're also you're also like living living like in the dorms and like you're on like you know duty and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, so I lucked out big time. I'm actually in a faculty apartment, so I don't have to live in a dorm. Like we have a 50 boys dorm, and if I had to live in that, that would be outrageous. So I'm happy I don't have to do that. But <laughs> you'd probably yeah, get in more trouble than they would. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. So you're really rolling the dice when you do that. So I'm happy yeah. I don't yeah. have to do that. But uh, no, every Wednesday night, yeah, I got to sit in the dorm from 7 until 11.30. And it's about as fun as I just described it. <laughs> I bet. So I know I've heard like a lot. I, so I didn't go to prep school and Muzz didn't either. But I know a lot of like schools don't allow like Xboxes or PS4s. Is, is it like strict there? Like kids can't bring anything with them to oh, campus? No, dude. I, I was in a in a dorm with the hockey guys last year. And I played NHL every time. Just like, oh, fire it up. Let's go. Let me tune you up. Dude, that Christian uh, um, Charlie was telling me that Christian Faggus, when he came to Babson, shout out to Christian, asked if he could bring. He asked some of the seniors if he could bring his Xbox. <laughs> We're like, what prison of a high school did you go to? You should have just said no. But like, no, you actually got to give it to the seniors, and then like we play. That would make sure that it's yeah. Hilarious. We gotta we gotta Wait, take is care it, of it. Isn't he here. a Belmont Hill guy? I don't know. I, I, honestly I, I didn't no play with him, I don't, so I don't he know. Very, he very well might be. I know he's from, like, around the area. He very well might be a Belmont Hill kid. I was going to – that's – that. I mean, you don't really forget that name. I feel like that sounds like someone <laughs> guy. Did you – were you guys allowed to have it at uh, Bell Hill? Well, it wasn't – so there's only boarding for, like, 20 kids there, to be honest with you. Um, but I was allowed to have it at my house, yes. <laughs> all right, not too bad. Then maybe I'm just hearing about, like, the, all, all the basically just, like, prison prison prep school. Yeah, so, he, went to, he went to Belmont Hill for three years. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you, you got to remember that we're in Western Mass. We're in the Happy Valley. So we're a little bit like anything goes sometimes. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, good stuff. So I think we want to kind of start um, youth hockey. We obviously I kind of mentioned in the intro that you played uh, played hockey and baseball at Amherst. Um, Muzz and I obviously being hockey guys know more about the process for, um, for hockey recruitment. So, um, but before you get into that, just kind of like your, your youth hockey days grew up in Arlington. I know you and you, you know, um, uh, Pat, you know, a, a, a Babson guy with me and Muzz, my roommate now, you guys played youth hockey growing up together. And you talked about this, um, this team you guys had, you went across like to Europe in like ninth grade and played like a, bu- a bunch of these other teams. And he said, you guys were absolutely stacked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, that was when we were in high school together. So our ninth grade hockey team, um, we got a trip to go over to, France and then Amsterdam and uh we were playing against like national teams so we played against like Poland uh France the Netherlands uh team England and we were ninth graders it was it was nuts and the best part like they like 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 their ninth grade uh national teams or like older (laughs) kids it it was like whatever it would be like their U14 national team or something like that Jesus And, and it was all like paid for by the school which was nuts is that is that Belmont Hill? Yeah, that was that was Belmont Hill ninth grade. I, I can't believe they did that. It was it was nuts. So like whatever you got for financial aid went into the cost of the trip. So I went there for a week and a half, and it cost me sixty seven dollars. 
<laughs> that is that is so worth it. Oh my god. Yeah, and, and we were we were a wagon too. I mean, we had VZ on that team. We had Grizzy, I think, too. I mean, we had two NHL draft picks on our ninth grade hockey team, along with nine other guys that ended up playing in college. Jesus. And he, uh, like, how do you guys end up doing? Like, were those teams filthy? We pumped Team Netherlands, like, I still remember, like, 7-1. Um, the Polish team, like, they, we got smoked, I believe. I was a nut for that one. I was just an absolute stiff. Um, <laughs> I've been there. I feel that. Yeah. And I don't know. They're just screaming Polish in my face. It's a little bit intimidating when you're 13 in a different country. Um, yeah, seriously. But, uh. No, it was a great it was a great trip, and we got to go all around. We stayed with host families in Amsterdam, and then in France, we stayed in hotels, and there was it was an absolute riot. Jesus, what was what was it like? Like, were you old enough to realize like how big of a culture shock it was, or were you just hanging with friends, just kind of like laughing at everybody speaking different languages and like joking about how different it was? So it actually so when we were in Amsterdam, like everybody there speaks English because no one else in the world speaks Dutch, so they, all the kids learn a different language when they're growing up. So oh, interesting. That wasn't that bad. In France, yeah, it was a bit weird. We had this <laughs> – I have no idea what his relation was, but this guy named Ike Tibbetts, and uh, he was like some guy from Charlestown. Like, <laughs> apparently he knew about France and had some sort of connection, and he came on the trip with us. <laughs> he was like – He a chaperone or what? I don't – I literally don't know what his what his role was. Just one day <laughs> this guy's Ike Tibbetts there. He knows like Beasley's dad or something, and then I'm in the catacombs in France with this guy. What? <laughs> he heard that they're like you guys are taking a sick trip to Europe, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go." Yeah, I, I guess so. But he had one of those like those Charlestown accents where it's like you can't understand a word he's saying. Like the yeah. so I have no idea what we even talked about. To be honest with you. So two things: we were we were on campus this past uh, weekend watching a Babson game. We went to so that there's a pub on campus. And we were like playing pool and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there was this foreign exchange student from Ireland there, and I've never misunderstood English more in my entire life. Like this guy was, he wasn't even talking fast for was Like he was just like talking so heavy, thick, um, thick, like Irish, like an Irish accent, English where I, I literally felt bad. I was like, what, what did you do? It was funny like, to watch you talk to him. Cause you and Charlie were both talking to him at one point. First of all, the kid was kind of an asshole, but yeah, well, he was a serious <laughs> and, and you, I, you guys were both looking at him and he would say something and it was like, you like, it was like, what did you just say? You're still like, and you're just trying to have this conversation and it's useless. Yeah, absolutely useless. But Han, did you say that guy's name was? Is it is it Billy Tibbets? Uh, Ikey Tibbets. Ikey. Ikey Tibbets. Like, okay, what so in I heard, him too? Yeah, yeah. So I heard I heard Tibbets, and so his um, brother played don't, a show or something. I think. So is his, did you know if his brother is Billy Tibbets? I think so. Like, is he dude, there's no way. I got to do some research because if if he is related to this guy, he must have been a legend. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I just remember his his brother or someone in his family was a big hockey deal. But I still it could have been like the yeah, could have been like his cousin or something. Yeah, like, that's not that's not like I mean it's a pretty sick last name. First of all, sick first name and sick last name. But it's not a very popular name. I've never heard Tibbets before in my entire life, except for this other guy. And there's these stories, Muzz, right about him like breaking like kids' legs. Like he would like go off <laughs> to skate like in youth. It was a, it was a it was a kid we played with at Babson. He said he was playing in Pittsburgh. And like the coach knew this guy, Billy Tibbetts, and he would like get fully dressed for like a, a U18 practice and he would like run kids and he broke a kid's femur because he checked him like into the bench. That, that sounds like he has to be related to this guy. Like, like <laughs> right? You, you, you don't have the first name Ike and have that not be your brother. <laughs> <laughs> or like some sort of blood relation, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Billy was uh, Billy was like ragdolling Keegan Silk at our three on three tournament in Hingham. He like looked at him the wrong way in warmups, and he <laughs> went up to him, grabbed him, and was like Keegan was like yelling at us like, "Please help me!" We're like, "Dude, we can't do anything. But this guy just has yeah. complete control, complete reign." That's crazy. I really wish it was the same guy because I was hoping you'd like have some some crazy stories. Is that the only like time you hung out with that guy, Ike, Ike Tibbetts? It's a funny name. Ever seen him again? He also left in the middle of the trip. I vividly remember that, and like people just didn't know what happened. So <laughs> he's just he's just gone, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. He's like he's from Charlestown. He'll figure it out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, all right. So obviously ninth ninth grade at at, uh, at Bell Hill, and you you played all all four of your high school years at Bell Hill, and then went right to Amherst. So, um, obviously playing playing baseball through all those all those years as well. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, absolutely. Played baseball every spring. And um, I don't want to ask you, like, if you had a preference because you obviously ended up wanting to play both going to college. Can you just kind of talk about, like, the college recruiting process and how it was different for you if you would have chosen just one sport versus, like, you were dead set, right, on, like, wanting to play both in college and how that kind of changed, you know, where you ended up going? Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, baseball, I'll say, was always my first love for sports, absolutely, without a question. Um, But when I got to Belmont Hill, it was such a hockey culture. And by my sophomore year, I started getting some interest and I still thought baseball was my favorite at that point. But my first ever tour was at BU, Jack Parker driving around in his car. So like that opinion kind of sways pretty quickly when that happens. Um, Holy. Like I went from there and I went to, to a couple other schools like that. I think Providence and Holy Cross. And um, so these were all official all, tours. These, yeah, these were with the coaches going around campus and it was, it was great. So, That's you know, insane. at that point, you just kind of think hockey's the the road. And I kind of put baseball to the side. I didn't, you know, there was coaches that were talking to me and stuff, but if they didn't have hockey, I didn't even consider it. Um, so eventually when Amherst and the baseball coach um, happened to be both interested in me at the same time, it just seemed like a perfect fit. And especially if I could get into that school, are you kidding me? Like, there's, yeah. there's no <laughs> way that, that was a reality. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I uh, I applied there after my senior year at high school. I didn't get in. It was just a ridiculously good school. Thank thank God for C bands, man. Dude, seriously. So I uh, funny story about like how like, it's kind of an embarrassing story, but I don't care because I told it multiple times. But so the same, I went to a, a a camp. It was at it was at Berkshire. It was called the NHT camp. Oh yeah, and it was like a yeah. So it was like a big D three like um you know college kind of recruiting camp obviously and yeah. it was like well you can yeah. go when you're in prep school i was a little older did you did you go the the con college coach runs that i've I've worked that before actually too yeah 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 jim ward so i was like really interested in being from virginia and like playing up in maine the coaches we had were like more pro coaches so they didn't have a lot of college connections so my dad kind of like i mean thank god my dad like was really dead set on like helping me and like doing his research the kind of guy he is and he was like talked to a couple other dads like he knew whose whose kids you know were kind of um, a little older and ended up going to Suffolk. And I think their kid went to Con College. So he went to this camp and that's how like Jim Ward uh, recruited and played at Con College. So anyway, long story short, that was actually ironically where, where uh, coach Rice saw me play too, was at the same camp. And so me being this like naive kid, like I don't really know what Babson is, but I've heard of Amherst College. So coach arena like emails me after the, or I, I might've emailed him and he was like, yeah, you know, I, I liked your game, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and um, this isn't a, a weird brag at all because the end of the story sucks, but um he was like, yeah, I like your game, but like your grades just like aren't 
aren't good enough. But like, if you could get your SAT score up, like maybe 50 points, like you'd have a really good chance. I was like, Oh, no brainer. So I paid for a tutor, got my SAT scores up exactly 50 points, emailed coach arena. He's like, Oh, I'm like, it's so awesome. Congrats. But your grades still aren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just never talked to him ever again. And we're sitting in the locker room. I think it was my senior year. Right. And we, were, we, we always played you guys like, you know, um, home or away each year. And so we were playing um, at Amherst my senior year. Wasn't having a good game. We were getting, like, kind of throttled. It was, like, 4 nothing. And Coach Rice in the, in the second-year mission was like, you guys all think that, like, you weren't, like, you know, smart enough to get into school. That's why you didn't want to go to Amherst. No, you just weren't good enough. And he's, like, looking right at me. And I, he, I know he was, like, telling to us, like, other, a couple other kids. But I was like, yeah, that's definitely me. I just wasn't good enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knows all those schools that we all tried to get into and got rejected from, like, he always used the uh, the weeds and the tufts thing, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He used yeah. that as ammunition on us. So good for you to get in that school, obviously. dude. Seriously, <laughs> it, it was uh, man. Like, there's there's no way it's even possible. I still can't believe it. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, I I walked in there with like a 26 ACT and and a, and a, a prayer. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. The so. ACT is hard. Not to like go way off track, but I. <laughs> I got a pretty good score on my SATs, like pretty decent, and I got a, like a twenty-two on my ACTs, which is like, oh, which is like yikes. borderline. I need a, like special attention. <laughs> hey, Tim, yeah, the, the, AC, the SAT is different for sure. Yeah. yeah. If it makes you feel That's better, cool. Tim, when I got a math tutor for my SAT, my score went down two hundred points, and it was already like two hundred. So. No. Oh yeah, I did worse after I got a tutor. I'm sure that I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that tutor was like reflecting like he would come home after going to the Cunningham household and be like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what what could I possibly be like doing to make this kid score worse? And you're just kind of sitting there like, <laughs> well, it, it was actually that the hawk, my hockey coach in high school. So, you know what? He probably was thinking that, like, what what else can I possibly do? <laughs> do I need to like just beat the beat this kid up for a couple minutes? Like, what is it going to motivate? I mean, it's, it wasn't like a motivation factor. That That's crazy, though. Did he like. That I, I don't even have a follow-up. I'm just, like, kind of amazed that that happened. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Yeah. Well, I, I got the same exact score, so I didn't have to tell him that my math score went down. I got the same. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, improved, improved in other areas, right? Like, hey, hey, it just, it just wasn't in the car. But I did just as good, though. So, like, you're not terrible at your job. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you, I mean, official visits to BU and, I mean, what – I mean, I want to hear about kind that. Of, yeah, you, meant, you mentioned that, but we got to go back to that. Like, driving around in Jack Parker's car, like, white – you guys got to take us through that entire day. Like, were you kind of shell shocked or like what? Yeah, it, was, it didn't seem real. I mean, I got a I got a phone call one day that my goalie coach at Belmont Hill told me that I was going to get a phone call, and I did. And it was Jack Parker. And oh. I was like, oh my god! And he set up a meeting. I don't even remember like what day he said. I just said yes, and then I went there with my family. Um, I remember he wasn't in the office, and my dad friggin' picked up the bean pot. And I was about to lose my goddamn mind. Like, if, if you fucking drop the bean pot before you even watch the bad guy. Hey, coach. Hey, coach. Great to meet you. My dad broke the bean pot. So. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it was it was really cool. I remember he like he looked me in the eye and was like, "I can't guarantee you a national championship, but I statistically can literally guarantee a bean pot because every class at that point had won a bean pot, which is just nuts." <sighs> That's, that's insane. Pretty, I can't. That's a pretty good selling point. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Like that I've been going to the bean pot every year my entire life. I can't imagine winning that thing. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, we we uh, he drove around in his car. Um, we went into a couple dorms, 
he actually he opened up a kid's room to to show us what a dorm room looked like, and he was in there with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. But uh, no, it was a good experience. I mean, I talked to him for a little bit after that, but you know how it goes. Like, it's an interview is only an interview. It doesn't really doesn't mean that much necessarily. But when you're when you're younger like that, you think it's the the end all be all. And I kind of thought I was hot shit for a bit there, which wasn't the oh. case. <laughs> I mean, that's just like naturally like, I mean, you, you can relate back to like college and you're so young then too. But even like um, when I was like trying to like apply for a job, like, like the first company that like, gives you attention and wants to bring you in for interview, like, ooh, like this is, this is, but it's not like necessarily going to work out on either end. You just kind of kind of take it with a grain of salt. But I can't imagine like getting that phone call. I mean, for me, someone from Virginia, I can't, it's still like really, really important, but like Muzz, like I'm, like just thinking about that must be incredible. Yeah. Th- wait, sorry. From Jack Parker? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, yeah. But it doesn't matter that you're from Virginia. Yeah. But you grew up going to the bean pot. Like I don't have the same kind of like, Oh, be you. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. I mean, I was a BC fan, but I think I still would have accepted the call. I mean, let's not be nitpicky. Hey, sorry. I'm actually, I'm actually a big Eagles fan. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say no. <laughs> I'm holding out for Jerry. Yeah. 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 Seriously. That's crazy. Um, were there were there any, like besides the kid that he showed you his room, were there any like players there, like giving you any tours or did you meet anybody? I met like the the third string goalie, so that tells you how much they were actually into me. Like, oh. <laughs> and I remember him just trying to say like nice things, like yeah, he's he's a, a goalie on the team. He, uh, <laughs> he's got two pads, a glove, and a blocker, and he's he's here. Well, dude, a lot of times those third string goalies there are just there because they have a connection. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. But yeah. um, but regardless, I mean, being able to, to practice with those guys, I'm sure they gotta have they gotta have something. But you're you're so right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, you any of us could be like that level of third string goalie. And I'm not putting you down at all. I'm sure that if you went to BU and played, you would have done great, but I mean, nothing against those kids. It's just, I'm sure Jack Parker was like, yeah, this kid's just taking up space. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> that, that, that's he's just, he's like. just, that's spot on. Yeah. 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 He's just, he's just stopping. He stops a lot of shots in practice. He's a really good, yeah. he's a really good, he's a good, he's a good asset to the team for sure. Yeah. What else do they do? Do they give you a tour of the facility? I, I don't want to harp on BU too much, but I would love to know what it looked like under there. I've never been inside. Yeah. They had just finished the Aganis, I believe. So I was just, oh. I was just seeing it. And he was just like telling me the plans and stuff and what was going into it. And that was pretty cool. Like we, for the junior Eagles, that was the team I grew up playing on. We always skated at uh, the Walter Brown rink, right, right in the side there. So being able to see both was pretty cool. Yeah, we just we just had a men's league game at uh, seven at Walter Brown. There, the junior Eagles practicing before us. That's funny. Yeah, Where, where'd, you, where'd you park at your house? You can't find parking there, dude. It's dude, the parking there is brutal. So we've 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 we park in the Star Market or whatever, stop and shop parking lot a lot. But oh, um, that's rolling the dice, man. Yeah, but like a ton of people do it though. So like, if you're kind of, it is rolling the dice. But rolling the dice even more is that street. Like, if you walk straight out the doors and walk down that road, like towards that, towards yeah, that that's where lot. I just parked. That's <laughs> so multiple kids have like parked in like loading zones and gotten like ninety dollar tickets. And they come on after a game. We're not doing so hot either. Like we're getting throttled. Like lose. And you come out to your to your car and you have like a ninety dollar ticket. And you're like, can this not get any worse? <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah, yeah. So I know. Yeah, you're all, you I mean wherever you park there, you're rolling the dice for sure. So um all right so amherst like i know i know i'm i'm a a huge math science guy i'm not an english guy at all you teach english so it's probably more up your alley but just kind of talk about i mean the academics like was it was it tough and then i kind of mix into hockey and baseball just i mean that's kind of a very vague question like how just how was your overall experience there like best friends all that kind of stuff 
Yeah, I mean, I'll start with, with the school piece. You know, the, the beauty of it is you can take whatever classes you want. So, like, there's no requirements. Uh, the only only literal requirement is freshman year seminar, which wasn't bad. Um, but I knew right after my first semester, I knew that I had to be an English major because I took, like, a geology class and got, like, a C-. minus. So <laughs> that, that's, that's not a good indicator. Um, but from there on out, dude, I just took, and the other great thing is you can take classes at any of the five colleges in the area and they count. So like I could take classes at UMass. I could take classes at Mount Holyoke, Smith, Hampshire. Um, damn. Dude, tell me you took classes at UMass. That's like just to experience it. Oh yeah, man. I took a bunch there. You would do one, you could do one a semester. Um, and I would always do it. And like, they had like some, some classes that were wicked easy, but they were fun as hell like i took like history of baseball <laughs> oh that's sick um but you could also you could make a class at amherst and i did my senior spring i i took a um i made a class about south park and and what counts. what how yeah. i you you can make a class dude and i found did you teach class. it no i just you make the syllabus you find a professor and then you, you just get an a i don't understand how it, it works <laughs> the experience was Get out of here. <laughs> That's not even right. It doesn't sound real at all. <laughs> no, Did you ever have like, to show up or is it, how does it work? No, I, I went and met with him and then he would just like tell me to watch every episode on Wednesday night and then write <laughs> a paper about it. And that's what I did. Dude. That's Amherst College. So like that's, that's what you're getting. It's like the old thing. Ivy thing. It's like, it's tough to get into, but once you get in, it's a cakewalk. Yeah, it's, it wasn't that – but granted, like, when I, like some of the kids there that were doing, like, the e- econ and, like, science stuff, like, they looked pretty miserable. Like, they had a lot in this plate. I, I'm writing about Ike from – Ike Tibbetts and Ike from South Park, you know? <laughs> that was, like – that was, like, the hard part of, like, looking for, like, where to go in college. Like, I mean, I lucked out so big time with Babson for a number of reasons, but one of the big ones is, like, this is a business school. Like, I wanted to do that kind of curriculum – finance or accounting or you know i would have had to take an econ at a nescac and i probably would have just been miserable for four years yeah those were the kids that you see in the bottom floor of the library like between the stacks passed out at 4 a.m slept in a year and a half <laughs> dude no thanks that's like changes your college experience i mean uh, i mean that sounds obvious but like could you i, I just can't imagine that that would be miserable yeah there's no way and i i was I didn't even get up to like calculus in high school. I took algebra two as like a junior because I couldn't do math. So I was not going to muddy myself in those waters. There was no way. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, so then hockey, you guys, you guys were obviously a great, a great team. We'll start with that and we'll get to baseball after, but I mean, a great team you guys made to a frozen four when you're there, just kind of, you know, I mean, I obviously that experience must've been just incredible. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that was shocking to me about Amherst when I finally like pulled the trigger to go there is just that, the guys were fucking hysterical. Like, I thought it was going to be a bunch of, like, bookworms. But you got, like, these beauties coming down from Canada and just, I don't know, just the, with the lingo dude. And just, it, it was way more of a college experience than I thought it was going to be. Um, but those guys were friggin' awesome. And, uh, but no, I mean, playing, Coach Arena is just, like, probably the best guy I know. Like, having the chance to coach with him for a year or two was just unbelievable. Um, but playing there, like, everybody was pretty mature and it was, it was a good ride. I mean, I got, I got hurt at one point, but um, during, during the frozen four run, I actually got hurt and we had a, a third string goalie who had never played a minute before step in dude. And he led us there. It was unbelievable. Um, we ended up playing Norwich in the elite eight and 
we were down by a goal with 20 seconds left and we got two goals waved back and ended up scoring with a second left to tie it up. And we ended up, Oh my God. Yeah. And then we, in overtime we won and didn't the kid like shoot it in his own net or something. Yeah. 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 We won a face off right off his skate and it went in. Um, And it was, it was unbelievable. And you know, I mean, much, you would get this too. Like, you know, as a goalie, like I was hurt. So like, it kind of sucks seeing somebody else play as much as you want the team to win. Absolutely. But, but, but like, how happy I was when we won just showed, like, what a good group of guys we had. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When we lost we lost that leadership the next year, it was a bit tough because we had some big personalities. But it was a freaking good experience, and we always had our fun afterwards, too. I mean, so that was always good. Yeah. Yeah, there's not too much to do around there, is there? Like, I mean, life on campus is good, right? And then other than that, I can't imagine – do you go to – well, I guess not. Take that back. Would you probably go to UMass Amherst or something? That would be unbelievable. So we used to have these dorms. They just tore them down. It's an absolute disgrace. But they were called social <laughs> dorms. It was like – they looked like hostels. Like they were disgusting, but you could have six men suites. And everybody had – like I remember your common rooms at Babson. And they were yeah. – like, these ones were like friggin' huge. And there was always one room that the hockey team got. Um, when they won the Nescaps in like 2008, there was always a divider that separated the rooms and they fucking tore the thing down. <laughs> it was the biggest room on campus. So like, and we called it the box and we had like hockey boards all around it. And it was, uh, so that was always good because those dorms were gross and you could just trash the places like fucking like putting kegs through the wall. Like that when we knew that they were throwing the, the dorms away or throwing them away, friggin' tearing them down, uh, like when we played, when we played like pong, we kept a tally on the wall for every game. So like by the end of the year, <laughs> it was just mar- it looked like it was in a prison cell, and we we're in like all the confinement. That's, That's great. Awesome. Each tally yeah. is like a day left until you're out of the prison. It's kind of it's great. Exactly. I mean, our our yeah. suites were okay. They were nothing like special, but we we trashed those things too. It's about time yeah. to fix those up. I'm just picturing like our common rooms being bigger. Like it would just make them so much better and you could do more things and jesus i mean we would have people over and it would just we, we, we would try to do court in there and it was like squeezing like 27 guys would just be impossible crazy yeah. and then you know we the best thing my freshman year i had a, a mutual buddy that uh so my my best friend at, at amherst his best friend growing up was a baseball player at umass and my freshman year we got to go out with him like every saturday over to the umass parties and like then in the most selfish move of all time, he transferred to Bentley the next year. So, like, it was – oh, my God. What a jackass. What a jackass. You're telling me you want to play? Like, <laughs> what a selfish move. <laughs> What's your deal? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, like, just leaving me in the dust. Like, thanks a lot. Um, was that was the injury your, your the year you guys made it the Frozen Four? Was that, was that hip, hip-related too or no? Yeah, that was – my hips are just, to put it elegantly, just completely fucked. Um, so, <laughs> I – everybody in my family has had hip surgery at some point. And being a catcher and a goalie, like, like what are you doing, man? Like, mm. I, Dude, I, I'm the same. I played catcher my whole life growing up. And for whatever reason, I lasted a few extra years with them. But when they went, it was painful. Yeah, it just it's all the time. I, I remember the trainer looking at my dad and saying, What is wrong with you letting your kid play both of these sports? And my dad just goes, It's not my fault, he sucked it forward. <laughs> <laughs> she asked me, What are you gonna do when you're forty and you wanna play catch with your kid? I'll buy him a pitch back. 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit in a chair. You can throw it to me that way, right? Yeah, that's an ultimate dad move right there. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, yeah, while you're while you're playing Hillman, um, Harmon Killerbrew with with, your, with some of your friends, you sit in a chair and have your have your have your buddy throw have your kid throw you some balls back and forth. That is the, that is the best game in the world, by the way. Like the best time killing game. What is it? It is the best game. What game is it? You ever so you ever play the name game before, Muzz? Where like I'll say a player, an, a pro athlete, and I'll and then you take the first letter of his last name and you think of somebody's first name that starts with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you make it into like a drinking thing, there's a baseball player called Harmon Killebrew. Um, so <laughs> what you do is you try and set somebody up with an H. So if I said Ricky Henderson to Tim, Tim would go to you and say Harmon Killebrew, and then you got to finish your beer. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And you like you like going around in a circle, and if you like are paused too long, can't think, then you guys drink, drink. Your, your beer, and you can do like any any sports. So no, like me and Dave would play over at Patty's house, and like you kind of use a sport that you use like the most. And like I know you were like, dude, you're using so many baseball guys. I'm like, honestly, baseball guys for me are easier to think of their names. There's so many like yeah. random guys out there. Like hockey guys, it's kind of like very top end and then kind of the low end guys you forget about. But for some reason, like baseball guys, I would just remember easier. I don't know what it was. I would be so blacked out if I was playing with you guys. <laughs> Dave, you seem like you're like on the same level as Timmy. Like you guys can just rattle stuff off the top of your head. Like Timmy knows every athlete that's ever played. And I just have like a tough time remembering what I had for breakfast. So <laughs> I, I would just be drinking the whole time. It'd be miserable for me. It'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, you'd love it. Automatic with mid two thousands obscure baseball players. There's <laughs> this kid that I went to college with. He works in baseball operations with the A's. And for the past three years, me and him have this text chain. There's nothing else on it except when we think of an obscure baseball player, we text it to each other. And no way. He literally showed it to Billy Bean, dude. <laughs> no way what Moneyball man saw the te- saw me text your v tori alba <laughs> no way scott scott hatterberg david Eckstein, dude there's so many mid-2000s like obscure baseball names but that would mean you you know like the really obscure ones yeah I'd, I'd lock myself in my room and play mvp baseball with manny on the cover for days just mountain dew and pringles <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot to me i would i would play way more must i'd play way more baseball video games when I was younger than hockey. Like, I just wasn't very good at hockey baseball games, and I just – I don't know what it was. I just enjoyed the baseball ones better. So, no, I, was, I was the same way. I loved I loved those games, too. I just don't retain the information like you guys do. That's true. I That's was true. worried about yeah. trying to hit the slider, and you're, like, memorizing the guys in the dugout. I just – that wasn't me. <laughs> well, Mother, yeah. if you want to create a championship team and MVP baseball, you got to put in the time. you got to know your players. You know? <laughs> Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're in a creative franchise and move them from a city to another city, you gotta know who the best players are. But you also gotta know who your fourth, who your fourth starting pitcher is, and who's you know who your setup guy is. All these bull, you gotta know everybody, right? Of, you gotta know your entire squad. A lot of yeah, <laughs> yep. It wasn't for me. I wasn't. I wasn't that guy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I wish I fair was enough. though. I, you guys are like great trivia guys and stuff. I go out to trivia and I'm like, I don't know, man. Let me know if you get a question about like The Office. And other than that, I'm useless. Yeah, but like sports trivia, yeah, but like regular trivia, I'm not like you know anything. I don't retain like where certain rivers are, like in the Amazon. You know what I mean? Like I don't retain that kind of stuff. But like if I watch Sports Jeopardy at midnight on a Wednesday night in college on NBC Sports Network, hosted by Dan Patrick, I like get like ninety percent of the answers right. And I felt like I felt like a loser. Let's just get that. I felt like a loser when I was doing it, but I was still proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Where did Where did Drew Bledsoe go to college, Timmy? Tennessee. Uh, he went to Washington Tennessee. State. Oh, you're right. Damn it. Peyton Manning went to Tennessee. What a yeah, dumb yeah. ass I am. <laughs> yeah, what? It's just ridiculous that you know that. Why would you know that? 
I don't know. I I just I know that it's random. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, my point's proven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you put me on the spot. I'm glad I I'm glad I succeeded there. That would have been a bad look for me if you were hyping me this entire time and then I got the first one wrong. So I don't know if I've ever stumped you, so I wasn't too worried about yeah. it. True. Okay, so um, we can get off the rails, which I, I don't mind at all, but I, I do want to ask you just a couple more specific questions, then we can take this wherever you want. So, um, baseball, did you guys have the same amount of success um, at Amherst that you guys had? I mean, I'm assuming you didn't go to the Caldwell Series, but you could have, and I would have no idea. Dude, yeah, we actually we went to three NCAA regionals. We won the net okay. back my freshman year. Um, it, was, it was a blast. I mean, the thing for me that I regret is my first two years, I had the chance to play, and I was kind of a bum. Like, you know, you go with the hockey guys and you, and you don't, I didn't take baseball that seriously, but, um, turned it around my senior year, had a, had a good senior year, but, um, the best, the best thing we ever did, listen to this, we got, so I told you we went to the Netherlands and to France for hockey. Well, for baseball, Amherst college is a sister school in Japan. So we got to go for a week and a half, my college baseball team to friggin' Japan. Dude, how does that even work? Because you guys have such a short season anyway. We did it over the summer before the school year started. Even better, dude. Oh, that's money. Yeah. That's what was Japan? Awesome. What was Japan like? I, is it just a zoo or is it? I want enjoyable. It was unbelievable. Like we got to. So I mean, we played baseball there. So we played against the university. Um, there was they were nasty. It was just not even fun. Um, but we got to go <laughs> out every night. Like they were literally in the city of Tokyo. They just say go out, be back in the morning. And I'm like, dude, do not tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) So we we have one kid in the team that spoke Japanese and a bunch of people went out with him. And I was like, no way I'm going out with people that don't speak Japanese. And we're just going to have an absolute story. And I went through the streets of Japan asking every single person I knew if they spoke English until somebody said, yes. (laughs) The guy that said, yes, dude, was the friggin' VP of Boeing. So like the airline company and he was there on business and he took me and my friends to a, a bar in Japan. That's awesome. Dude, what? I mean, How does that even happen? That's crazy. Dude, it was, no, it's going to get crazier. Ready? So we're, we're in there and there's a, there's a girl I'm talking to and obviously talking is a loose word because like, <laughs> I don't know what she's saying. You know what I'm saying? But I, <laughs> she, so over, she's Japanese. Obviously you're like, yeah, I mean, the, the only reason I bring that up is because I look over her shoulder and coming through the door, there's this large, large black man. And I'm like, OK, what what are you what are you doing here? Like everyone else is Japanese. Like we're the only white people in the place. And then I start looking. I'm like, I recognize that guy. Who is that guy? And he had a goatee. And I realized it finally. And I looked it up on my phone. So do you know you ever seen The Longest Yard? Yeah. Of course. You know the guy, you broke it in my nose? Yeah. It was him, dude. No way. Yeah. So I got a picture of me and my friends, the VP of Boeing, a couple Japanese girls, and and Witowski from The Longest Yard. (laughs) What? Dude. Incredible. My jaw is on the floor right now. That's (laughs) how does that even happen? That's like something that's a movie right there. You're that's a movie script. Dude, I I went up to him with my friends and that no one believed me. And I was like, excuse me, are you the guy, like, the I broke it in my nose guy? And he said, yeah, and he's over there. He's a UFC fighter, pro fighter in Japan now. Dude, that isn't, like, that's the least shocking part of that entire story is that that guy fights for UFC now. But that's, that's doing it. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, I'm just, like, I was going to say, talk about scaries, like, waking up in a different 
a different country. Like if you were to get lost, like that's a, a big fear is like getting lo- of mine, like getting lost in another country. Grant, I haven't like been out, out, out of the country except for Canada and the Bahamas. So like whatever, but imagine getting lost in Japan and like you are, you are lost. Oh yeah, man. It was um another night too. There's a custom that we found out about that. If in Japan, if, if they think someone's lost, they'll help you find wherever you want to go. So we found one guy that spoke English and we're like, can you take us to the nearest bar? And he took us and it was a Japanese Hooters. <laughs> Like it was branded like it was a who was a brand like Hooters like a legit one. Y- yes, and then like we asked them. That's when Weed and Boys by Wiz was like a big song, and I asked them if they could play it, and they're like, "Just plug your iPod in." So I was just singing <laughs> Weed and Boys at a Japanese Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. That's that's awesome. Wow, dude. That's Japan, Netherlands. Like you guys, you you had a made in shade, man. Just so lucky too, dude. Like you know, just just you know, just happened. Dude, you go over on a sick trip, you meet, like, the VP of Boeing, this, like, movie star, and then you're DJing at a Hooters. <laughs> it's a pretty good trip. It was a good trip, and then we, we, we had to wake up and play baseball in the morning. That wasn't the most fun, but what are you going to do? <laughs> were they, like, I, like how good were the, was this team? Like, you said they, like, were really good, but, like, give it, like, put it into, into perspective a little bit. So we one day we ran them through an American practice and they were you could tell they're like this is an absolute joke and then the, <laughs> the next day we did a Japanese practice dude and it was three hours long it was an hour's worth of calisthenics and warmups and in Japan like when it's humid dude it is humid and the entire <laughs> field is dirt there's no grass on these fields so like you are a muddy disgrace um, but. We, the, we played them one game, and we're up 7 nothing. We're like, these guys suck. And then we find out we were playing their C team. They brought their A team out, and we didn't get another hit for eight innings. <laughs> <laughs> we had an MLB draft pick on our team, and, and we didn't get a hit. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, my. That was, that was like when we were um, – so was it my sophomore year, Muzz, your junior year? We played – Right after Christmas break, we played a Russian. They, we called them the Russian Red Stars. I don't know if that was. Their name yeah, or I think that's what it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, so it was like a tune-up game. We're like, I wonder how this is going to go. Like we were kind of nervous. Well, they were really good, and they, you know, kind of put us in our place. It was seven-two, like I think. Um, but we outshot them. Like that's our claim to fame. We outshot them, but they just held the puck, held the puck, held the puck until we went like we went back door, tap and net, our, uh, um, tap and goal. We were like wondering like how good that team was, and like we found out that they were like I don't even think they were like the the B. The B World Junior Team, like we're just like okay, that made us feel like way worse about ourselves playing this team. Dave, you would have hated it, man. It was like if if thank God that game didn't count for my stats because they literally I gave up three goals on maybe eight shots. It was like that's so cool. You guys even got to play them though. Like yeah, it would have been a lot cooler if we didn't get blown out of our own building. (laughs) But it was cool. We were like, wow, these kids are legit, and they were sick. Like they scored, I don't know what five seconds into the game. Yeah, first shift we like I think we won the face off, kind of like turned it over. They immediately right back up our throw breakaway. Kid scores. We're like, oh, okay. This, yeah. is, how, this is how it's going. yeah, right. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. So, damn. I mean, Japan. I I still can't get over that 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 Japan story. You're gonna have to send us the 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 picture from that from that night with the VP of Boeing and that and that guy. I I still talk to the kid that has it. I'm gonna get that for you. That's awesome. Um. All right, so I, that's kind of all I have um, from Amherst. Do you have any other, other questions from Amherst or, you know, what do, what do you got? No. Uh, did you play against – you guys played St. Olaf, right? Um, no, we actually never did, I don't think. Oh, never mind. They must have – I thought they came over, like, our sophomore year. Tim, do you remember playing that team? That was your freshman year. 
Uh, that was my freshman year. All right, never mind. I thought it, they played us and they played you guys, and we like shut them out in back to back games. And they came, they oh, flew yeah. all the way here and didn't score a goal and flew back. You're you're so that wasn't Saint Olaf's though, was it? That was um yeah was up there. I thought it was Saint Olaf because I, I'm pretty sure, maybe it was because I remember that you're so right because um that was the one of the I was a freshman that was one of the games that I got one of the first games I played. Yeah, I was like it was hilarious. <laughs> flew all the way over Saint here. Olaf, so right. Yeah, they they flew all the way over here and didn't score. <laughs> like, imagine that plane ride home. That would have sucked. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough road trip. Yeah. Um. All right. So, I mean, we kind of talked about a little bit of Wolves Northampton. So, I know you've got. I mean, this that, that Japan story was good, but I know you have a couple of other like, random stories. And we gotta we gotta ask you about some of these. Yeah, I mean, you want me just to go right right into them? Absolutely. All right. So. Muzz, this might be this is gonna be a new one for you, I think. But I yeah, I haven't heard it. So um, I'll I'll just start, you know, because I'm an English teacher. I'll start with the hook for you. Um, I found out this fall that I have a full biological uncle on my mom's side that no one in my grandmother knew about. No way. Yep, and he grew up in Weymouth. What? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he's from like another country. Nope. He's just down it's the street. Just down the street. And my, we just found out, like, um, literally in September. Have you met him? I have not. My grandmother has. So it, I mean, it's 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 a crazy story, man. So um, my grandmother. So my grandfather was um, a really good hockey player, but he was an absolute lunatic. So I'll start by saying that he – so he made the 1960 Olympic hockey team, but on an off day, so before an exhibition game, he goes hunting with his buddy because they got nothing to do and they're getting bored. So my grandfather thinks it'd be a fucking hilarious idea to buzz a bullet by his buddy just to scare him. But he, but he clips him in the leg. So the guy turns around and shoots my grandfather in the, in the butt and he can never <laughs> hockey again. <laughs> no way. So, on the front page of the Boston Globe, I, I showed it to Timmy and Patty when I went when I went over to their place. Um, that it was like, and he had to make up a lie about how he tripped over something. <laughs> so they were both they were both on the 1960 team. Yeah, both of these guys exactly. And he never he had a, he had a reti- he never played a game of hockey ever again. He so well he had to stop for a very long time. Then he got into some bad stuff, which like that's why he didn't end up playing anymore. So. He grew up in South Boston. Um, like, that's where he was born. That's where his family was from. Then he moved to Belmont. Um, and so, whatever. He met my grandmother. After all that stuff happened, he met my grandmother. And he was, I'm putting air quotes around this, working at the Watertown Hockey Rink. Um, but <laughs> in all actuality, he was, um, I don't know what you call it, like a, a money collector for the bars in South Boston. So, like, that's what his job was. Um, so, he was a lunatic and with my grandmother. So they ended up, she got pregnant out of wedlock and Irish Catholic family in Boston during that time. That's like a huge no, no. So my grandfather tells my grandmother, you got to get rid of that kid. And she says, no way. Like that's so against what I'm about. I'm not doing that. And he says, it needs to get rid of you or else I'm going to have the people I know make your life a living hell. Um, and to backtrack, so apparently I also have two twin half aunts because my grandfather had an affair during that time 
and got the girl pregnant and said the same thing to her and said, if you tell anybody, I'll have, the, I'll have my people ruin your life. And she did. And that's what happened to her. So, so oh, my, Jesus Christ, my grandmother, um, obviously no, like has an idea of like what he could do to her. So she goes and ends up having the kid at some place, puts it up for adoption right there and never tells a single person. Um, cause she was ashamed of herself until this September, my aunt took like one of those DNA test things. Um, like the 23 and me, whatever the hell it is just for fun. That's how they found out. And she got her, she did it for fun with her friend and she got the result back and she was like, holy shit. And she called my grandmother and my grandmother was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. And they ended up reaching out. My grandmother fucking flew down to Florida and met him. That is unbelievable. How nuts is that? (sighs) That's crazy. (laughs) Could you, could you imagine like there's so many of these commercials for taking like these ancestry.com 23. Imagine taking that quiz and finding out you have, like a family member that you didn't even like a legit one, not like a third cousin once removed, like a legit, like what was that to your, that was like her, her uncle or her. What, who, whose uncle? The, the one who, the one who, who, who took the test. Like who was, that's, how that's, was that person related to her? That's my aunt. So that's her daughter. That's. So, so this is her, this would mom. be her half brother. This is her full brother. Cause they have the same full brother. Dad. Holy shit. So, and this poor guy, so um, this poor guy, when he's he, – he did this. The only reason why we found this out is because he's obviously done the test before too because if you're adopted, oh. you want to find out. So he does it. He finds out this is your mom, this is your dad. Um, he finds out that he has two, two other sisters, two half-sisters. Remember I referenced that before. Uh, yeah. He contacts them and they tell him, your father is dead. He was a horrible person. Don't contact him. We don't know your mother. So, and he, cause he's thinking that he's the result of an affair because what, how does that ever happen where your mom and dad have a kid and just put it up for adoption? You know? So he doesn't think that he has a family, but look right. at now he's got two sisters and two brothers. Yeah. Fully functioning family. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's crazy. That's, so you're, yeah. do you have any plans to meet this guy? I do at some point. Yeah. I haven't talked to him yet. I mean, I might be one of the only people that haven't. It's just like, Sometimes you got so much other stuff on your plate, and just like I sent him a note before, like "hello," but uh, my family's met him. A bit. <laughs> Hello, like, hey, what's up, bro? Seems like my uncle. That's kind of twisted, no? <laughs> yeah, let's hang out sometime. Text me back. LOL. LOL. Smiley face. <laughs> That's nuts. I mean, so back to what I was saying. Imagine, imagine taking a twenty-three me test and finding you have a brother, sister. That's, yeah. That's be the crazy. <laughs> That has to be the commercial. <laughs> like, that's an unbelievable idea. <laughs> yeah, dude. They got to reach out. This is the commercial. They have that to. is. We, they should do an SNL skit on that. That's an SNL skit for sure. This is, there are so many ways. 23 and me. Do it. Find out you have a full biological uncle. That's unbelievable. Wow. That's crazy. So, I mean, the, that's crazy, but also like the, the 60s Olympic squad, like going – hunting the day before leaving for the games and getting shot in the ass because you were messing around and then not being able to play in the Olympics. Like, So did the buddy – did his buddy shoot him on – I mean, on purpose? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I think so. Ended like, his hockey career. Every time I've ever asked, like, my un- my uncles are lun- – like, one of my uncles uh, normal. The other one is an absolute lunatic. But whenever I ask them about, like, those times, 
all they ever give me when I, they talk about their weird things is those were the times. I'm like, <laughs> there is a large middle ground between reading a book and shooting somebody in the ass. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you read a book by candlelight doesn't mean you have to shoot each other when you go out hunting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like my uncle Barry says that about stuff all the time. Like he told me that when he was growing up, they used to sit on top of a bridge and drop cinder blocks on cars when they drove by. And what? I was like, hey, <laughs> think that's a little bit twisted. And he's like, there was nothing else to do. <laughs> Those were the times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could find a way less dangerous activity to do, right? <laughs> yeah. He just every I just love Thanksgiving because every time I just get more Barry stories. And it's just because he's had a couple too many. He goes down to the Arlington rink and starts playing hockey at 9 a.m. and drinking. And then he ends up asleep on the porch. So gets the sport. <laughs> and you got to get you gotta, obviously got to get him before he falls asleep because he'll tell the great the best stories, right? Yeah. Or he'll leave me a voicemail. I mean, he's the king of leaving me obscure voicemails that I have no context behind. Like, he, he called me one time and goes, David, Barry, give me a call. Uh, I was just reading a book about James Garfield. He went to your rival there, Williams College. Didn't do him too much good, though, because he got assassinated. So uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> like, that, that's a hype man right there. He's like, he chose the right college. Yeah. yeah but then he'll also just be like, hey, David, Barry, uh, Google Patrick Kane. You got to see this. Like, what <laughs> What am I Googling? What are you doing? Yeah, what am I looking for, man? There's a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> no context. He's like putting in this wild goose chase. Like, damn it. <laughs> Just lunacy. That's, that's hilarious. That's awesome. Um, Muzz, do you have, any, you have any, other, any other questions you kind of thought of on the, on the spot here? No, this was great. This is awesome. Dude, listen. I mean, obviously those stories are, are money, but like awesome. I mean, be you. I mean, getting recruited to play two sports in college and, and the whole process and then the whole Japan story and all this thing. We, listen, we really appreciate you taking the time out uh, to kind of come on the podcast and, and kind of chat with us. This has been as much fun for us. Hopefully it's been, you know, uh, fun for you as well. Yeah, boys, it's been an absolute blast. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, uh, next time you're in the area, obviously, you know, stop by and, uh, and we'll hang out and kind of, um, you know, go over, the, go over the details of this. It'd be awesome. I love it. That'd be great. Cool. Thanks, right, Dave. Appreciate it, man. Take it easy, dude. No problem, guys. Have a great night. Peace. See you, buddy. See ya. That interview was brought to you by State and Liberty. State and Liberty found a solution to a problem that athletes everywhere were having, finding dress clothes that fit properly. Well, no more. I've always had issues finding dress clothes that fit me the way I want them to. Well, let me tell you, all my clothes from State and Liberty fit me perfectly. By providing more room in the upper body with an extremely tailored waist, their dress shirts cater to those with a V-shaped body type. Darts in the back of the dress shirt, pulling the excess fabric, creating a fit that rewards those men that take care of their bodies. I better start working out more. These shirts are also wrinkle-free, machine washable, and dry in about 20 minutes. The days of weekly trips to the dry cleaners are over. Must started his new job recently, and the first place he went for dress goes, you guessed it, State and Liberty. So stop wearing dress goes that don't fit. Head over to stateandliberty.com and use the promo code POSTGAMESHAKE to get 10% off your first and second order. That's stateandliberty.com. Promo code POSTGAMESHAKE. Get your wardrobe where it needs to be. That was our interview with two-sport athlete at Amherst College and just general funny guy, uh, friend of the program, Dave Cunningham. We had a blast with him. Um, went about as great as I expected. Timmy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I have to follow up is play play the game Harmon Killebrew because it's fun to, to play. If Even if you 
aren't good at it, it's still fun because you drink a lot and you end up getting be, becoming better at the game by like learning random names. And you kind of it kind of expands that part of your brain. Maybe that's like a good way to get you to like have those things stick a little more. Plus, you could use like a bunch of Red Sox and like Bruins guys and Patriots guys. Like you would you would throw out some obscure Patriot names too. I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm gonna just piggyback on what I said. I am would be brutal at that game. So I have played it, not in a drinking fashion. Uh, so I'm going to probably steer away from that for now, but it is a good time. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, other than that, I mean, Dave's just like we said before, he's, he's got it. He's funny. It was, it was, it was awesome. Um, anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate him, him coming on. Yeah. We want to do some, uh, jump into some football talk. Obviously the uh, elephant in the room is the Pats and the Rams are in the Super Bowl on Sunday. So. Is it the elephant in the room or is it like, you know, just like the main topic, or is it the goat in the room? Oh, come on, is it Tom okay, Brady? Elephant to this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we would, uh, we definitely would be disappointed in ourselves if we didn't get to touch on some of that. Uh, Timmy, you want to start it off? I don't know what do we want to. Yeah, hit on? man, I got, I got, I got a ton of stuff. So I would, I would love to start it off. I was, I was looking up some stuff today, some doing a little research. Yeah, we do a bit of research before this podcast. We're not just. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a compliment to us or we can't just like walk in and wing it. But anyway, we do a little research. Um, the Pats right now are a favorite. I think the last I saw they're uh two and a half point favorite. Yeah. In Vegas, they were two and a half on my Bovada. They were like three, but <clears throat> so we'll, it doesn't matter two, two and a half or three. So in the last 17 Super Bowls, 14 times in those 17 games, the underdog is covered. Wow. In the last seven Super Bowls, Six times the underdog outright won the game and would be seven for seven if Matt Ryan and the Falcons didn't blow that game against the Patriots. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that. Law of averages, though. That's, that's bad. <laughs> and then, to, yeah, to it is. Out. And then, and the last one I have is six of the last eight overs have hit in Super Bowls. So I think you know what I'm getting at here. If you're thinking about betting the game, I'm saying underdog in the over. Is that your lock of the. Year? No, because I probably won't. Well, maybe I will bet on the game. I don't know. But do not take my advice. If you take my advice and then somehow end up losing a ton of money, it's not my fault. Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably going to be a three-point game anyway. So I I don't know. If I I am a betting man, um, and I'm usually only good when I bet on the Pats, and I'll be betting on the Pats. So Also, the Pats have never – well, I shouldn't say never because they, they, they've played in other Super Bowls before Tom Brady was there. But since Tom Brady – Every Super Bowl Tom Brady's played in has been a one-score game, so bound to be a close game. Yeah, I'll pro- which is what which is what you're you're what is what you're looking for. We don't want a blowout. I mean, I'm sure you would be okay with a blowout the Patriots way, but you want a close game. I mean, I say the same thing, but then you get like the Chiefs game from last week, and it's like it takes years off of my life. And yeah, I just one of these times it'd be like, can we win the Super Bowl by like two touchdowns so we can just relax for the fourth quarter? But I mean, that's not the yeah. Super Bowl, so it's yeah. gonna be a no, stressful like, Sunday. No, but like I mean, come on, you you would want them to to like win forty five nothing. Like that would be so fun for you. I, yes and no. Like, dude, we watched the Chargers game. I was at Casey's and it was like, dude, we were on our phones by the halfway through the second quarter. We were just like, whatever, this game's over. Yeah, kind of takes the fun up. There's no better feeling than winning like that Super Bowl against Atlanta, that game against the Chiefs. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. I guess so. So we'll see. Uh, anyway, if... I mean, for me, a football fan, you want close games. We've been, like, really lucky since, like, all the games we can remember back to um, – I'm going to say back to, like, 2000 when the Rams beat the Titans on that, like, last second, like, 
slant across the middle to, to, to Kevin Dyson. He, like, stretched out, and, they, and the Titans lost. Like, ever since that game, we've had every single close – like, every single year has been a close game except for the year Seattle blew out Denver. Like, other than that, like, all the games have been close. And I was looking at, like, the spreads for all those games. Like, some of them are, were pretty high, um, but a lot of them were close. Like, besides the Rams being – they were a 14-point favorite when they played the Patriots the last time in the Super Bowl. And other than that, like, they've been two – four one like they've been so close so they were a 14 point favorite yeah dude they were heavy heavy favorites in that game so i mean i don't remember it i remember the game i don't remember like all the lead up and and everything but yeah the rams were supposed to like wax the patriots which was you know that's kind of what the whole dynasty was kind of made from you know yeah that's weird i I didn't realize that's just it seems like if you're an odds maker you're like hey these are the two best teams playing against each other it's not gonna be a 14 point game I know, and I was like going back through all the years, and there were like some huge spreads. Like the one year, um, uh, the Niners like blew out the Chargers, beat them like forty-six to seventeen or something. They were like a, they were like a sixteen and a half point favorite, and they covered by like a ton. I was like, oh man, could you imagine taking the the Niners with like with the points or against the points in that one? Like, yeah, but nowadays, like it's like three, two. I think the biggest one was like maybe four and a half, and that's still like a pretty close game, you know? Yeah. All right, so we. Patriots, Rams, Madden 19 simulation. Uh, you saw this. I didn't. So, the Rams beat the Pats in the simulation? Rams beat the Pats in the simulation. I think the score was 30-27. to 27. Um, Game's tied in the fourth quarter. Then Zerline kicks a go-ahead field goal to make it 23-20. And then Patriots drive down. I think it's like a James White throw. Uh, you know, reception touchdown and go 27-23. And then Jared Goff leads the Rams down, and, and I think Gurley has, like, a, a five-yard run. I don't know how I remember. How I hate I how realistic that. that sounds. And, um, yeah, I mean, but there was, like, a stat about how, like, the Madden the Madden uh, predictions have been um, off, like, opposite, like, the past, like, three or four years. Like, last year, the Patriots were winning, won the, won the simulation, and then, you know, lost the Super Bowl. So, like, that's good news. This is obviously so, so dumb, and, like, the law of averages doesn't account here. But, yeah. I mean – it's Madden, so we gotta we gotta bring it up, right? I know. I mean, good for Madden that they they've made enough of a stir about this every year that people care enough to see what yeah, happens. Seriously, like it's on. It's like a, it's like on ESPN. They show like a little video of like the points. It's, it's actually kind of cool. They showed the Chiefs one in in Kings when we were there a couple weeks ago. And oh yeah, you're right. We like right. stopped to watch it because I was like, all right, what do they think? You know? Yeah, Mahomes threw a freaking interception in the end zone. I couldn't believe it. Was that what, what it was it? in the simulation? It was overtime, right? And they were driving down the field. And he threw it was like they're like the, like the thirty five or forty yeah, of the he, Patriots he threw, he threw a bomb. Yeah, that's right. It was a long and then, long pass. And then Patri- Patriots drove down and kicked the field goal, I think, to win. So Damn. anyway, so I mean, how you how, how you how you thinking? How you feeling? I if I were you, I'd be feeling better about this game than the Chiefs game, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I feel I definitely feel better about it. Um I think it's tough not to feel better about it when yet like when you're going into a place like Kansas City against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. But at the same time, it's a Super Bowl. It's like you're going to get everybody's best game. It doesn't matter. Like, it's going to be a close game. And if it's a blowout, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Patriots blow them out. But I, I don't know. I think Tom's at his best right now for whatever reason. With the knee, we've talked about it. I think he's feeling like himself. He looks like himself. He's hanging in there for hits. Um, nobody wants to play against Tom Brady in the, in the Super Bowl. Other than that, I think that um, – it's kind of going to be a running based game again. It's going to be Todd Gurley and uh, whatever his name is, CJ Anderson running the ball. And then you're going to see a lot of Sony Michelle. So uh, 
I know that we we're going to talk about who the MVP is. I think that it's going to be a running back's going to be the MVP regardless. But I think the Patriots are going to get it. I think Sony Michelle finishes off the best postseason ever for a running back. That's my guess. I think um, I think it's obvious Todd Gurley has to have a better game than he did against the Saints. But at the same time, like he had a terrible game and they still won. So like, do you think he can have a better game, or do you think it's an illegitimate injury? I don't know. So that, that that's like the thing. It's like you can't really predict how he's going to do because you don't know and criticize him for having a bad game because he could legitimately be hurt. Right. Like, yeah. You know, like you said, I don't know. I think he has to have a better game um, for them to have a chance to win. If he's hurt, he's hurt. Then you run with CJ Anderson, but I think golf needs to have an outlet out, out of the backfield, which Gurley had really has that app, you know, that, um, that skill to catch the ball in the backfield. And I'm not sure if CJ Anderson does, but maybe he won't need it. I, I think, if the Rams win this game, it's like Aaron Donald has like a monster game because like you, I was listening to to someone tell on sports radio. I forget who it was. Like you can't, you can't blitz Brady. He's just going to pick you apart. You have to drop seven in coverage and you have to get pressure on on him with your front four. And that's how the giants beat them twice. They had really good front front fours and they got pressure. And I mean, there's really no better, arguably no better front four in football than the Rams with a Dominican Sue and, and Donald up the middle. I think that's a scary duo. Obviously, a lot of guys have to play well. Golf can't play terrible. Whoever the running back is has to have a good game. Cooks or, or Woods has to, you know, make a lot of plays. It's, it's obviously a lot of guys got to play well. But I think if the Rams have a chance in this game, it's Donald has. And in the simulation, the Madden simulation, he had like four sacks and I think and a couple a couple of hits and stuff. So yeah. I think that's that that's real. Like he has to get pressure. The Chiefs didn't get any pressure. They dropped seven two. But if you give them all day. I mean, Mahomes or Brady, you know, both picked them apart when they had time. But if you get pressure on any quarterback, not just, you know, the, the best ones, you know, they're going to have problems. So, yeah, it's funny. I think uh, beginning of this year, the whole Jared Goff, and even last year, he was great. You're like, wow, this Jared Goff, Sean McVay combo is unbelievable. And it is. It's great. But I also think you've seen down the stretch that he, I hate to say it because like people say Brady's like a system quarterback. And my biggest argument, and I don't know if we've kind of talked about it, is like, everybody's kind of a system quarterback. Like you're playing in a system, but I think Jared Goff is as about as much of a system quarterback as it gets. You can see him struggling. Like when he, he kind of like running over to the sidelines to talk to McVay. And it's like, he, he's not in charge of the offense. It's, it's McVay. And for Brady and Belichick, it's Belichick's got the D and Brady's got the offense pretty much. I mean, McDaniels is great, deserves credit, but I think the Pats D is going to pick apart Jared Goff. I think we're going to see a couple big interceptions. Um, and then again, like on the the whole Todd Gurley thing, if he if he's not hurt, he's the workhorse back. He's been the workhorse back all year, but now he's I don't know. Now he's like splitting time with C.J. Anderson. He dropped a ball. He had another one go th- through his hands that got intercepted. And it's like, man, there's something wrong with the guy. So that that would be my biggest worry is is Todd Gurley if he was healthy and he's not. So I think that's going to be enough for the Pats to win. Yeah, because obviously the Rams. Back to what you said about golf is the Rams have to. Establish a run to be able to go play action because golf is is most dangerous when they're in play action. But if they can't run the ball, then like you don't have to, have to respect the play action because if they're getting pressure at the middle, they're just gonna you know do play action. You know they're gonna throw the ball, so they have to be able to run the ball well, well enough to get the linebackers you know and the Patriots defense defense to respect it. And that's you know that just kind of goes into the whole the whole game plan. Obviously, we can say all these things and act like we know what we're talking about, but I think it's gonna be a running game as well. And I think. I think the team that makes the least mistakes maybe gets like a big play, like a big punt return or maybe a big kickoff return or something like that. 
um, is gonna is gonna be the 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 winner. I think that's kind of how all these games go, right? The Eagles pass game last year was just an absolute shootout, and it was like last team has the ball wins until Brandon Graham, you know, strap uh, strip sacked Brady, and that was that was like the one play was a difference in the game. I think it's gonna kind of come down to that, but I think it's gonna be a lesser score game. So maybe don't take the over, you know, maybe maybe. It's the under because they're going to be running the ball a lot. I have I have no idea, but I think yeah, I agree do, with you on that. I don't know what the over under is. I probably should have looked at it, but I think I might actually even bet the under just a little bit, throw a little on it just to spice things up because I do think it's going to be a low scoring game. At the same time, it's like you have Brandon Cooks playing against the Pats. That's a big revenge game in the Super Bowl. Um, and then if Gronk's healthy, if he's as good as he looked last week. It's going to start to open up the Patriots offense. So, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Obviously, we have no idea what's going to happen, but there's definitely a, a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think you kind of mentioned um, Sonny Michelle. So who who do you think, you know, needs to be the best player on the field for the Rams if they're going to win? I think you're 100% right, Aaron Donald. Okay. So then I think, and you mentioned Sonny Michelle, right, for the, to the pass? Yeah, I, I think the I think Edelman's going to be locked in, and he's just he plays his role. I think that the I think the best player on the field will be Sony Michelle, but I think that Gronk's presence and if assuming and I think he's he looks a little healthier, he looks like he's moving well. I think Gronk's going to make a big difference just in the aspect of his presence. Um, but, just, but do you think Gronk wins MVP? No, not MVP. Michelle? No, no, no. I think he gets. I think Gronk creeps up to near 100 yards, Edelman creeps up near 100 yards, and I think Michelle just punches, you know, two or three into the end zone. Unless our boy Devlin poaches a couple of them, which would be an awesome, awesome MVP story. But uh, it, yeah, it I mean, Burks, Burks has – I think Burks had scored – Burke had scored in the AFC Championship game, right? And James White had, had some plays, so it's, it's tough to pick yeah. a Patriots running back because, you know, you never know who's going to have the hot hand, right? But, I mean, yeah, Michelle's the – the probably the go-to guy if they're running the ball a lot, but I mean, yeah, I mean, do you? It's it's crazy to think that these offenses are so high-powered, and we're sitting here thinking that it could be a low-scoring game because each team needs to run the ball. I mean, it's just crazy how you how we can go into these games thinking one thing. Like we we went into the Rams Saints game thinking like, oh, the Rams have no chance. Goff's going to be too, you know, starstruck if he ends up coming out. You know, all things considered, with the, with the win, I mean, bless the Saints, um, bless the Saints' heart. But I mean. I wonder if this game is going to finally catch up to him. It's going to be interesting to see because you know Brady can play under the lights and, and the game isn't too big for him. Mm-hmm. I wonder how, how golf's going to be. And I bet McVay has has some things in, in place as smart as that guy is to get him a couple, hey, let's get a, five, a couple completions here and there because you can't be just coming out gunslinging and you throw an interception early or you have a couple of bad three-and-out series and you're like, oh, my God, this game could be over pretty quick. you got to get him some confidence, right, get him some – Get him some some throws, some completions, and kind of and kind of see how the game goes. So I'm I'm just curious to see how you know the play calling is, and I'm also curious to see if Tony Romo is as smart as he as he thinks he is. Yeah, that's people are actually as as interested in Tony Romo as they are in the game. Do you like him? What do you think? Have we talked about this? Yeah, we talked about it last last time after the AFC. We talked about AFC it on games. air. We did. Yeah, okay, yeah, about right. how just yeah about how um, I I love and I I'll say it before. I said it before. And I'll say it again. You don't like him when your team's losing because he just kind of just you know like true makes he he's he's happy and and talking great things about the team that's that's doing the best on the field. So, um, but it's funny because like Wade Phillips, the D coordinator for the Rams, is and they're like, "How are you going to stop Brady?" He goes, "I'm going to get a I'm going to get a headset up to Tony Romo and he'll tell me it told me everything that's <laughs> yeah. coming up and we'll know to stop him." It's like that's kind of it's kind of uh, you know funny funny way to to put it. But I mean, 
against, I mean, against the Chiefs, the Chiefs could have, man, Chiefs could have used a little bit of, a little bit of help there, you know, here and there with, with some of the things he was saying. But obviously, you, you, you can know a certain things coming and not stop it. I mean, you know, it just, that, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. I think, um, who was saying it? They were like, Brady's going to know what you're throwing at him if you're a defensive. Obviously, Romo's talking about the offenses, but if Brady's going to know what's coming, you're going to show him anyway, and you got to try to do your best at it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if Aaron Donald and Sue aren't on the top of their game, it's going to be Pats all day. What do you got for a score? Um, I mean, I'm just even all the stats I gave you earlier, I think it's I think it's 27-21, Pats. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like 24-17 maybe, and I think they stop. I think the I think maybe like a 17-17 game. Brady gets like a kind of a late game drive and then Goff gets a chance and just can't follow through. That's my guess. That would be, that'll be a good game. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, best, best sporting event of the year, right? So this, this Sunday it's, it'll be, it'll be fun. And, and, um, you know, as, as a, a general football fan, I'm hoping for, for a close game. Obviously you're yours. You just want a, a win no matter how it, how it comes about. Yeah. I mean, dude, Pat's fourth Super Bowl in five years. It's like getting ridiculous, but, it's gonna be insane. Pumped, pumped to be back. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Let's all right. So, what else? Um, we were, were watching the Pro Bowl. Yeah, let's let's talk about flag. So, me and Timmy were watching, as many of you were, I'm sure, we were watching the Pro Bowl on TV. What um, a waste of time that is. So, this was before the game, right? Yeah. The AFC versus NFC like flag football. Who were these kids? I don't even know. It was they. They did something like the like whoever the team was that won like won like the championship. I think so. I don't know any details about the league except for there's two teams playing yeah. for a championship on the field. NFL sponsored though, I think. Yeah, that's the point yeah. of the league. Yeah. So what do you think? Are you a big flag football guy? I mean, I'm. I'm a fan of the idea of it. Me personally, I've had a bad experience playing flag football with. <laughs> we played and we played in college, and the first play I tore tore a, a ligament in my thumb trying to tackle or not tackle guy try to grab a, a guy's flag and he ran like right through my thumb um i think it's great watching that game those kids are they're 14 14 15 yeah. and they i mean making some cuts i mean athleticism on the field was through the roof i mean i i loved it and i think thinking about like nfl players playing flag football like that would still be entertaining and it's just like it kind of gets to the whole topic i don't know if you wanted to discuss it at all but like would you Right now, like, say you had a 12-year-old kid, and he was like, hey, Dad, I want to play football. Like, would you let him play? So, before I get into that, I think flag football is the future of, like, um, youth football. I feel like we've maybe we've talked about this a little bit, but with all the CTE stuff coming out, especially how, like, malleable or what's the right word, that, like, kids' brains are just so easily um, shaped, like, it, with hits to the head and stuff. No, there's no way I'm letting my kid play football unless by the time I get, you know, to the point where I have a kid that's of age, eight, nine, ten, unless there's, you know, something in place where, you know, you don't play tackle football until you get to a certain age. Um, football, it's not a dying sport at all, but if I can get my kid to avoid it, yeah, he's not going out there. I mean, there aren't, it's not a dying sport, but like there are, like, I mean, my uncle, for example, he has four boys didn't even give them the sniff in football. And it's like, it's kind of, it kind of sucks. Cause I mean, it's a great game, but I mean, if there are people out there who are like, no, I'm not letting you play just because of the danger of the sport, it's kind of like that could be bad for the future. Yeah. 
And I think you, you can see NFL sponsoring a flag football event uh, or league, whatever you want to call it. Shows you that it's in the back of their minds. They know it's there. Uh, they know there are issues. So I'm interested to see how it progresses at the, I am at the I, very least. Yeah, I am too. I think, I think the idea of like playing flag football while you're young, developing the skills to throw, pass, you know, the schemes and defense and offense and stuff, I think that, that, that would be a great way for you to learn the game mm-hmm. while you kind of develop and get bigger and all that kind of stuff and then maybe develop into a tackle football league. I don't think it's going to be the future of football in general. I think no. I agree with you that it's the it's a it's a future I think of of youth football. I'm also in this in this um school of thought that like we'll always advance and like now that the CTE thing is so big on people's minds and so like it's in the public realm that it's going to become it's going to trickle down to youth sports and youth football and that people are going to learn how to tackle now. And then it won't be like leading with your head thing. And I think we're going to see like in 20 years when like the kids who are, you, are young now are playing in the NFL, there won't be as much as much uh, of, of a head injury thing. I can say that like I know it's going to happen. I can predict pre- pre- the future. But I, you know, that's just uh, an optimistic way to look at it, I guess. Have you seen Friday Night Tykes? Yeah, I have. Dude, have you seen the way those coaches handle those kids? They're like 10-year-old kids. Uh, know, they they are yelling at them to murder each other. I don't, yeah. and it's, it's a mindset with those coaches. And I, I just don't know that that's going to completely change. I, I don't see it changing. I don't think that it, it's ever going to get to, a, I think there's too many competitive idiot parents out there that don't care because they know that this kid's not going to get a concussion at eight years old. It's going to be, you know, 10 years down the line. And to them, it's like, who cares? This kid probably won't even be playing in college or in the NFL. I hope that they figure that out. But I think that the best thing for them going forward is to play flag Teach them how to tackle because you can't just start tackling when you're 14 years old, 15 years old, and expect nobody to get hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, I think that's the only way the football sticks around. I mean, in the, the long, same, long term. Yeah, this is the same. We, I've had this discussion with people before too. It's um, about hockey. How they they made hitting hitting in hockey illegal, like one less age group down. So like peewees used to start hitting. Yeah. And now it's in Bantams you start hitting and you're like a 14 year old kid in Bantams. Like you need to learn how to hit when you can't hurt somebody because you're still so young and like you're hitting each other and it's kind of like, you know, hit and you both fall and you get up. And, but if you're a Bantam, like you're a four, so you're from 14 year old kids who can, you know, eighth graders who can, and freshman high school who can, who can hurt kids. Like I was a, you were a late bloomer too. I was a late bloomer. Like mm-hmm. there were kids on my team who were like six, four. And I'm like, if this kid caught me across the middle, I could be dead. Dead, yeah. dead, yeah. With the, with the lack of a better of a, of a better term, and I think that's. And again, there probably are really good reasons I did that, and I don't know what those reasons are. But in my personal opinion, you learn how to do those things when you're young enough, and they can kind of be taught to you, and you're not going to hurt somebody because you're you're going to be hitting somebody dangerously just because you're kind of doing it for the first time. But you shouldn't be doing it dangerously when you can also actually danger somebody and hurt them. I just think those so, so kind of going hand in hand with the football thing, you learn to do it at a young age when you can't hurt people. But at the same time, I think it does, I think you need to teach it better and learn the game first, and then you kind of put it in place. So, Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think we're on a little bit different page, but I think – I kind of talked talk myself into a different page there, actually. I got to be honest. I'm not even sure what you said. Yeah. But uh, I thought I, I was going to back. I, get I thought I was going to back up what I said, and I think I ended up backing up. Like maybe you should teach teach tackling at like age five because you'll learn how to do it. But that isn't. I don't think that that's the best way to do it because you have the parents out there 
who are like kill kill the other kid yeah. and like maybe that maybe that's the issue and then there isn't like a solving that issue maybe but i think it's in the it's in the public arena so it's just you know got a microscope over, over it so much nowadays like i just think it's gonna i i guess more it's, it's an optimistic way to look at it. i think it's gonna change and i hope it does because the sport will be better off for it yeah agreed all right let's uh quickly pro bowl and then that's probably all we got because I, I just want to talk about that for a minute um, yeah. i don't know how you feel about the game it's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, we watched it. It was painful to watch. We changed the channel. So they said they got like over eight million viewers. I think is the number. Um, yeah, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. So we were we were one of those. But that's what I mean. Players. We watched the game for what like thirty seconds, and we changed it. I wonder how many of those viewers watched for more than five minutes. Yeah, I don't know how how those how those are tallied, but I mean, God, like you just can't. It's just like so boring. And it's. And I don't even blame the NFL because there's really nothing you can do. In the NHL All-Star game, you play a skill game, no hitting, and it's a great game because it's all skill. But you can't, you can't have a skill game like that in the NFL unless, um, I don't know. You, you play flag football. Play seven on seven, flag football, exactly. And honestly, I think they should. Um, I, but there are other parts of the game that were fun. Like, I didn't even, we didn't see this, but uh, I thought it was really cool. I was watching a highlight reel. Deshaun Watson threw a touchdown to Jalen Ramsey over the middle, and then the next highlight is Deshaun Watson getting picked off by Mike Evans. I was like, they're just letting anybody play any position. Yeah, I mean that that part is you gotta find ways to like keep the players interested too, right? Yeah. There's money on the there's money on the line. Like I don't think there should be because then it makes it like a little too competitive. Like I don't think these guys should be playing too competitive because the last thing you want to do is get somebody hurt. Now. Yeah, I get it. It makes it makes it better to watch, but I I don't think it's gonna be better to watch. Honestly, like it, they weren't they were they, those guys were trying hard, and like I don't want to see what they will look like when they're not trying. Mm-hmm. No, so, it's and you see some guys run hard and some guys don't. Um, but I don't blame either side. I, if you're in an all star game, you want to put on a show, go for it. Like, hit me. Yeah, I saw Zeke run one down. Like I saw Zeke make one catch, drop to the ground immediately. And I was like, that sucks. But I also saw him take a handoff and go hard to the sideline and, like, at a, at a really uh, a steep angle towards the end zone. He's like, if you don't want me to pick up these next 10 yards, hit me. You know, so I respect that too. Uh, yeah. It'd be great. It's, a, it's, it's just tough. Yeah, I mean, you, got, you can't play, a, like you said, a skill-based NFL game. I just – a football game in general. I just the, – like the skill – the skill, like the skills comp before is like kind of interesting, still kind of boring, but like there's really no way to fix it unless maybe you, yeah, you do you go to like a seven on seven flag or maybe just a, I don't know, seven on seven flag. Then you yeah. don't have the, the, the linemen playing the game. Like, I don't know, you know, if they would care. I think they'd rather, you know, just go, just go to Orlando for a couple of days, bring their kids to, to, you know, Universal and Walt Disney and just kind of call it a, no, call it a day. I don't know. And no offense to the linemen. I mean, that's arguably some of the most important positions on the field on the team but nobody cares nobody wants to see the linemen perform like it doesn't that's not the nature of an all-star game yeah. like you want to see skill and not that they don't have skill but it's just a little different um did you see jason wooden what he said i i wrote it down but i didn't see what he said but i saw him break the break the Dude, yeah so he broke the trophy and then before that he goes mahomes hits ebron for the touchdown he goes at the end of the clip he goes yeah this has been his guy all year like, no, he hasn't. What are you talking dude, that, about? Dude? Dude, that guy, that guy, like can't get out of his own way, man. I'm telling you. You think he'll be first back next year? I think, I think, yeah. They signed. I think they have a contract for multiple years. I think he's gonna keep getting better. I mean, I hope he does. It's just, it's tough, right? But like, but at know, the same time, it's, you're, on, it's, you're on TV. You're on TV. If you're not great at it, it's okay to admit that Jason Witten was an awesome tight end, and he's a kind of a brutal broadcaster. 
Yeah. So no, I'll, I'll obviously I'll be the first one to admit that too. Tony Romo, that. great broadcaster. Jason Witten, same team, different result. Brutal yeah. broadcaster. Yeah, I mean, you were hoping maybe. I mean, probably hoping that he was gonna, you know, figure it out towards towards the end there, and then he kind of just kept kept doing the same things and kept being pretty annoying. And then the Pro Bowl, it's like, hey, this is all for fun. Let's say the wrong thing and break the trophy. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I can't can't even finish it off on a. Good that wasn't one, his so. fault though. He literally just grabbed the thing and it's probably yeah, like that. No, it's just, but it, yeah, that's just like how it just sums it up. Going, it sums yeah, yeah it sums everything up. Yeah, in a in a microcosm, that that's how his year went. So it's just I don't know. I guess well, I guess we will wait and see. I mean, he could have a contract and they could just be like, yeah, no, we don't. We're not going to bring you back because you suck. Um, but who knows? We'll wait and see. So yeah, anything else? Anything else want to hit? No, that's it. I was watching Cornhall on ESPN last night, which is actually, man, those guys are those guys are money. I was I was wondering, like, you think we play like the doubles champions in Cornhole? Like, do you think we'd just get absolutely waxed? We wouldn't get a point, man. I'm not even kidding, dude. They they are throwing like four in a row ringers. Yeah, it's, like it's their it, this is sounds like it's their job, but like they are so good, it's ridiculous. Yeah, if you're that good at Cornhole, I mean, you know what? Good for you. You made it on ESPN, but like, what are you doing? There was one guy playing. He's like he's eighteen. So he's like, in, I mean, assuming he's a freshman in college now. Like, imagine he's like, hey, you want to play this game for a hundred bucks? And he just like, <laughs> just waxes them. I know it'll probably catch on pretty pretty soon. But if he goes like a huge school, like a tailgate, so like, he can make a, he can make a, you know a killing. Yeah, he can walk around the parking lot and hustle people, yeah. lose the exactly, first game, so. and then be like, all right, how about you put your car on it? Yeah, that was that was the first thing I thought of. I mean, to watching those guys play, it's like, man, I, everyone and everyone thinks they're good at Cornell too. Like while you're playing, like, oh yeah, I'll play, and then you make a ringer, like, oh, I'm so nasty. And then you watch these guys play, and you're like, no, these guys are good. We suck. Yeah. So that's all I got. That's the last thing. Yeah, me too. Let's. Uh, that's good for me. Let's get out of here. Sweet. Awesome. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. And if you are feeling like you want to wrap the swag. Buy one of our hats, twenty five bucks. Yeah. They're actually sick. I'm not even kidding. It's legit. The best hat I have now. They're comfy. It's got everything. Fits perfectly. So seriously, rep us and also get an awesome hat. Yeah, we'll be forever grateful. Apple Podcast, subscribe, DM us if you're interested in a hat. Um, we'll hook it up. Um, I know we're ordering more. We've already had a, a bunch of a bunch of, inc- of, in- of inquiries into the hats we have now. So we got to get more in stock, and and hopefully, you know, people will, will still want them. So unreal. All right. We're done here. Peace. That does it for us. See you later. Thanks for listening. Before we go, we want to make sure that everybody enjoys Super Bowl Sunday responsibly. Uber and Lyft prices are going to be off the charts. Give our friends at Bayside Coach a call. They drive anywhere and match anyone's prices. 781-925-2255. Drink responsibly and don't drink and drive.